0: Alright, here we are, another episode of Sports and Whatnot. Today, I feel like talking about a little NFL football, heading into the final week of the season. Uh, You know how some kids don't get a Christmas because they're bad? Well, some NFL teams don't get a postseason because they've been bad. And... Today we're going to honor some of those, go around and talk about what is ailing those teams and why they're not in the postseason and what they can do in the future and uh, address some of their major question marks. So it's going to be a good show. hope you listen to it and enjoy it as much as I do rambling on about to you guys. So stick around. Alright, so the first team that we will address will be the New York football Giants. Uh, so, you know, one le- one week left in the season, uh, they play the Cowboys in week 17. Uh, another year where they haven't made the playoffs, I believe that's four of the last five or something like that. Uh, Eli Manning has one year uh, left on his contract at $23.2 million dollars they could part ways with him this offseason and not uh, risk the financial stability of the future. So, uh, you know, that's something that it's an inevitability that you have to move on from your uh, franchise Hall of Famer that's won your Super Bowls. Uh, you know, Eli's been getting up there in age, and I think... Uh, everyone sees it everyone knows it's coming the giants need to move on they need to find their guy of the future uh, you know whether it be someone on the roster right now uh which is doubtful or someone in the draft they just or even free agency or something to that effect uh they need to find someone manning uh he might have another year or two left in him i think playing uh i think there might be a team out there that could use his services and uh a team better suited he he eli manning is a quarterback that can help a team but the team needs to be uh good around him he needs to have weapons to get the ball to uh and he needs a defense that won't put him in positions to fail. You know, you saw with Saquon um throwing the ball to Saquon and OBJ. Uh Eli actually didn't have too bad of a season. It was pretty good. Like he looks good when he has weapons to get the ball to, especially get the ball out of his hands quick. He looks better. But uh you know, he's not prime Eli Manning. I don't know if he can take you to another Super Bowl or anything like that. He certainly I don't think they're going to be able to reach one in New York with him. I think uh, there's just no chance. I don't think their roster is good enough. You know, For a second there, I thought they would uh, pull off the improbable and make a run at the postseason. They won a few games in a row, and the NFC East was looking pretty weak. But obviously that's not happening. So the Giants right now, they're looking uh, at about the number 7-ish pick. And that's kind of assuming that they lose to Dallas. Uh, you know, they're not gonna they're not gonna pull punches against Dallas uh, because that could potentially be uh, Eli Manning's last game as a New York Giant. So they're not going to bench him in favor of someone else. Because I think we all kind of see the writing on the wall. We know what's gonna happen. Uh, but, you know, the Giants, they they have to be better at personnel. Over the last few years, they have not uh, got that right. You know, we thought they had a defense, and then they kind of flubbed up, uh, adding the guys to the mix that they needed to make the thing go. And uh, they've been trading off their pieces slowly, so it looks like they're just in on a rebuild now. Uh, I think they were kind of lying to themselves at the beginning of the season, thinking that they'd be able to compete with the roster that they have. Uh, they've got a, like OBJ and uh, Saquon Barkley. They have a couple skilled players. You know, you got Landon Collins on the other side of the ball. You have some guys that can really play, but uh, just not good enough all around. And where that starts the first thing you have to address is the quarterback i know this might not be a quarterback heavy draft or perceived as an elite quarterback group but uh they're probably the first team on the board that needs a quarterback at seven they might have to trade up to beat someone uh surging up the board because you know uh quarterbacks are overvalued in the draft and that makes sense because that's that's just their going price. That's just what you have to give up to get them. You have to spin a top pick to get a great quarterback, unless you can, unless you value your your guy a lot higher than the rest of the league. But the Giants it starts quarterback. It's going to be a big rebuild project, but they've got. Uh, I don't know if OBJ will be around for the whole thing. We'll see about that. But you know you have Saquon Barkley, and that's a nice starting place. So get a quarterback to throw the ball to him, hand the ball off to him and uh they'll be heading in the right direction. So the next team that we can talk about are the Green Bay Packers. Uh huge letdown this season. I don't think anyone saw the Packers being this bad. Uh I don't think anyone saw a season like this for Aaron Rodgers with so much drama. Uh entailed you know uh mike mccarthy out as coach they're looking for a replacement i've heard uh quite a few names thrown around i heard uh you know you you hear that maybe they're going to be on the phones with the lincoln rileys or the hot shot new innovative college coaches something like that uh i'm not sure how well a relationship like that would work out with aaron Rodgers. You know he kind of seems like a guy that needs he needs a little pushback but uh, he needs like a stern hand I wouldn't necessarily say just a guy that takes over and runs the whole show and uh, doesn't care about Aaron's opinions or anything but he needs I think he needs a little bit of competition in the room because Aaron's a smart guy and he needs another smart guy with him but I I think he needs uh, maybe not necessarily one of these new age guys that I uh I don't I don't know how he would do with the Sean McVay, to put it that way. I think he needs someone that can kinda go back and forth with him a little bit. Uh I've heard some names I've heard some names like Jim Caldwell thrown around and you know, um he's not an in your face type of coach, but he is like a a steady hand at the wheel. I think uh the Packers th- that that could be a good fit for the Packers. That seems like a Packers hire. Uh not a flashy guy, not a in your face guy, uh not too reserved, but uh still a good coach. You know, he coached Peyton Manning and there's something to be said about that. He that Lions organization, they are uh they are not great at getting the personnel in the door that they need, but he had a little bit of success in Detroit uh with Matthew Stafford and I think uh that could be a fit potentially with Green Bay uh with that's something that obviously no one really knows how well Aaron will mesh with who anymore or but uh you've got to start somewhere with the coach higher and I think Green Bay is a place that will probably roll on the side of conservative than try to make a big splash with their coaching signing. Aaron Rodgers, you know, you kind of wonder what's up with him because he's had all this drama surround him about how, uh, first off, with uh, coming back from injury, uh, you know, there's a lot of noise coming out that he doesn't have any help up there, doesn't have anyone to throw the ball to, Does no weapons around him. Uh, then you have all that drama with Mike McCarthy. Then Aaron comes out of it looking not so great because he acts like he has nothing to do with the McCarthy firing when obviously um, a driving force is your, ta- your uber-talented quarterback, future Hall of Famer, Super Bowl winner. Uh, quarterback doesn't get to the point where uh, things with the coach are devolving so fast that they can't win games. That's part of the fire is from the quarterback, and the quarterback needs to at least be honest, be a little open about that. Uh, So, you know, and then the whole thing online with his brother and his parents and the wildfire – uh, the drama about him and his family not connecting. E- you kind of wonder when enough is going to be enough and if Aaron can move past this and just play, get back to playing football because everyone loves watching a healthy Aaron Rodgers torch defenses. He's one of the greatest to ever do it. Uh, But this year, he just seems like he has been distracted. And it it just looks like from about like week 8 on it, there's just been so many things going on with Aaron and the team that uh it's it's made winning just super hard to do and uh they've got to they've got to move on and put that in the rearview mirror and move forward because this team moves as Aaron Rodgers moves. Uh they're going to be dependent on him to win football games. And that is especially true and if they don't start hitting on more draft picks and uh getting the right personnel in the door because that's kind of been a problem with them uh they don't have great drafts necessarily they don't have uh great players you know clay matthews is an older linebacker now they need some fresh blood in the door you don't see them uh hitting on big time names like that in the draft anymore and uh You've gotta if they they wanna be relevant again, they've gotta they've gotta do better at getting guys on the door that can help them win football games. So uh moving on from the Packers, we have the Oakland soon to be Las Vegas Raiders. Uh their relationship with their coach, John Gruden, you know. They gave him the huge 10-year deal. Uh, right now it's looking questionable to say the least. You know, he looks like he hasn't updated anything in his coaching philosophy since he's been out of the game for nearly 20 years. And that's, it's showed and it hurt the Raiders this year as they, uh, had some problems. And apparently there has been friction between him and their franchise quarterback, Derek Carr, uh, which is a shame because he looked like an up-and-coming quarterback that was going to join the elite group of quarterbacks in this league. But uh, no such luck in the last year or two. Uh, this Gruden year was very tough as they tried to get acclimated to each other. So let's dive into Derek Carr and his numbers real quick. So in this season, he got off to a rough start. He had eight interceptions over the first five weeks. Uh everyone was kind of questioning what the heck they were doing doesn't look like they had an advanced passing game uh it looked very juvenile Uh, defenses could predict what was coming they couldn't move the ball that well car threw eight picks in five weeks the good news is cars limited that and he's thrown zero interceptions since then actually uh which is good but then you start to look at other numbers he um he has had 50 touchdown games uh in 3 of those games he has thrown for less than 200 yards the other two games where he um uh, did not have a touchdown came in the season opener a 13-33 loss to the rams in week 1 and that in that game he had threw three interceptions and then against the chargers they lost twenty to six. He put up two hundred forty three yards, no touchdowns, just a blah day. Uh, you know, Carr. He has the talent. Whether it's play calling, uh, play design, whatever. You know, you your franchise quarterback just has to be better than that. Uh, also, another thing with Carr is his health, and that's going to be a big thing. As kind of looking in a mirror at his brother, there, it's going to be a big thing going forward in the future he's gonna have to be healthy for them to succeed if they indeed roll with him as their franchise quarterback and get this thing rolling uh you feel like you know it feels like the Raiders they've done better in recent weeks they've looked better uh maybe John Gruden gets this thing going maybe he doesn't know what he's talking about it just took them a year to get acclimated everyone acclimated to each other but uh You know, obviously, like so many other teams not making the postseason, they have a lot of holes to fill personnel-wise. And I think the Raiders are more so than a lot of other teams. They have a lot of positions that need to be filled. But uh, the offensive line, you look at it, I think they underperformed. I don't think they were supposed to be a great unit, but uh, they definitely underperformed car held onto the ball a little bit too much uh, he took an extremely high number of sacks he took 48 sacks or eight a hit he got sacked 48 times that's eight and a half percent of his dropbacks astronomically high number his previous high was 31 in 2015 where he took a sack on 5.1 percent so over a three percent increase there um uh, So, you know, you've got to find ways to get around these situations. You've got Gruden right now for another nine years on the contract, so uh, you better get comfortable or make some drastic changes because they are going to have to figure out a way to win with Gruden. They are not going to want to make another coaching change, have to fire this guy that they they lauded about and spent all this money on in a new and they're moving to a new city. It's supposed to be turning a page and becoming a successful franchise. You don't want to have to tuck your tail on this, so they better start getting things right. And uh they've got a lot of pressure on them to succeed, and it all comes down to John Gruden and how well he can get this team performing. So uh, moving on from the Raiders we have the Jacksonville Jaguars. You know, you, you kinda we kinda saw this coming. If you didn't you should have seen this letdown of a season coming. You know, they they convinced themselves that they were okay with mediocre to bad quarterback play because their defense had an outstanding season. And it's hard to repeat uh to go on a run where your defenses are just dominant year after year. You know, Seattle did it for a few years. Uh, You know, you have some of those great teams from the past that have been able to do it, but it's hard to do it on a consistent basis. And uh, Saxonville was maybe not as sustainable as they thought. uh, But the main problem in Jacksonville, the defense was like a little... Not quite as good as it was last year, but it was still a good defense. Um, the main problem in Jacksonville is that offense. It is so vanilla. It is, it you know they don't have any weapons out there at all. Their quarterback play has been terrible. I think they've fully committed to replacing Blake Bortles now. They realize their mistake in keeping him around a year too long, um, but. He Bortles just hasn't been able to make the throws of an NFL quarterback. You know he came into the league as that guy with a big arm that, you know, was you thought he was gonna throw the ball over the place. He's gonna be Ben Roethlisberger, throw for over 300 yards consecutive uh, consistently, and uh, you know then something ha he had that year with those two receivers Robinson and Hearns, and you thought well he put up some volume. You think maybe they he can settle down with his turnovers and he's gonna. Uh, be a good NFL quarterback but then he struggled to uh put up numbers he struggled with volume which was his strength before uh so you kind of wonder what happened there if he just lost his confidence and uh he never really got back not saying he was a great quarterback but I don't think he was as good as he was I don't think he's as good as he is good now as he was two or three years ago um you know is that the offense around them could be because you know they don't have anyone on offense to help they their best players best playmakers Leonard Fournette, uh he's been questioned his work ethic his conditioning how much he wants to be there how much he wants to play it's been in serious question they Jaguars don't know if they want to roll forward with him at this point as their franchise running back because he had a disappointing year. Uh, a lot of missed games. Yeah, he ran for less than 500 yards, 439 yards. Only over a little over 3 yards a carry at 3.3. Only 5 touchdowns. Uh, that's that's some bad numbers. He'd probably end up not leading the team in rushing if he doesn't play this week. Um, then you have... At wide receiver, you have dd westbrook he's caught 63 balls for a little over 700 yards five touchdowns that's that's okay not great you don't want dd westbrook to be your number one receiver with those numbers and then you've had uh Moncrief as a number two guy he's caught uh 46 balls for 647 and three touchdowns <laughs> you know lackluster stuff going on there your top two receivers combined for a hundred catches, that's not great, um, you know, you, at the beginning of the season, it looked like you might have something there with that Cole kid on the outside, but he ended up not producing long term, uh, you know, this, this offense is just bland, it doesn't have anyone to step up and make a play, I like D.D. Westbrook, I don't like him as a number one wide receiver, um, you know, you, what, you've got to, like all the other teams I mentioned, you've got to hit on some draft picks. You've got to make some moves in the offseason. You've got to get them right. Uh, the Jaguars, I don't know if they're as close now to a Super Bowl as they thought they were coming into the season. Uh, it's going to take, take some retooling of the offense, some uh, heavy personnel changes, but I think they can get back to being competitive. They weren't. They, you know, they've won five games this season. They've been in some games, but incompetence at the quarterback position has been a major hindrance. So they're gonna have to get that right. Uh, you know, there'll be quarterbacks out there on the market. So not necessarily doesn't necessarily have to be a rookie that you have to bring up. Uh, you know, Tom Coughlin, the Eli Manning connection is there. Obviously, you don't know. You don't know if they want to go with that route because you don't know how much Eli Manning has left. Especially now, it's been a year later after all these rumors started popping up about Coughlin and a Manning reun, reuni- reuniting in Jacksonville. Uh, you know, you you'll have a guy like Joe Flacco. He'll be out there on the market. and I think that's that's gonna probably be target number one for Jacksonville. If they can get their hands on him uh, in a trade, you think maybe, um, you know, the future Jalen Ramsey's up in the air. You think that could maybe be a Baltimore-Jacksonville swap. You could end up getting Joe Flacco and uh, Jalen Ramsey could be the bounty in return. Obviously, Ramsey's a better player than Flacco is, but uh, to get a quarterback, a stable franchise quarterback like Fran- like Joe Flacco is... He's won a Super Bowl. You know he's been there. He's done it. Uh, they they're gonna have to give something up. And I feel like Ramsey's probably on his way out in Jacksonville as it is. I just feel like they they are tired of managing him. Uh, you know it's hard to manage hard players when you're losing games. It's easy to it's easier to do it when you win a lot of games. Just look at the Rams. They and you don't have as many problems with them when they win games too. You keep them happy. But uh, Jalen Ramsey is a tough player to manage. And he, uh, the Jaguars have just been a little frustrated by everyone underperforming this season. And that's something they don't want to deal with when they underperform. Another team that is on the outside looking in uh, that won't make the playoffs this season are the Carolina Panthers. The Panthers. Everything they do revolves around Cameron Newton. Uh, they have a good defense. They have a good rushing game. Christian McCaffrey's legit, but Cam they took a nosedive as his health declined. Um, he has shoulder issues, and that's just the reality of it. And he's going to have to be healthy. That's the only thing. That's their only key. Uh, Cam's health. He, you know, they can they'll probably they're they've been a little bit better in the draft and uh signing guys than some of the other teams I mentioned. Uh so I think they're big deal. Really the only thing here is Cam Newton's health. Uh so that's it. That's it with the Panthers. Um, uh, one last team that I'd like to highlight real quick. Uh the Miami Dolphins no they are just a team mired in mediocrity uh you have ryan Tannehill, and you've had him for a number of years now and you kind of have to wonder if this is the if this guy is the answer you know he has played several seasons now you don't they still don't really know what they have with him they don't know if he's a franchise capable guy you know and he has problems with durability so it's harder to answer that question when you don't get to see him play 16 games in a season, don't get to see his entire body of work. But right now, there's not what he's done this season and what their backup Brock Osweiler has done. Uh, there hasn't been enough discernible difference in the two's play to justify Tannehill being a better quarterback than Brock Osweiler, really. Um You know, the nods slightly, the stats point slightly in Tannehill's favor. But, um, you know, he's a marginal starting quarterback in the NFL. He is uh, painfully average. And the thing is, uh, quarterback is a position that you need to get right. And um, the NFL allows you, with with how many people play on the field, it allows you to take uh, bigger risks at positions, you know, obviously quarterback is one that you can risk. You can roll the dice on, but if you miss, it hurts you bad. But also if you're stuck paying an average quarterback money that hurts you, that can hurt you even more because sometimes quarterbacks just aren't able to elevate teams. And it looks like Tannehill is one of those quarterbacks. And if you're going to be with an average quarterback, there's ton, there are tons of options out there uh, you can roll the dice on guys. Like I said, Like there's Eli Mannings out there that have won Super Bowls, Joe Flacco's, uh, you know, Blake Bortles will be out there. He he's Who's to say that any of those guys are different than Ryan Tannehill? At least with Flacco and Manning, you get the Super Bowl upside. Uh, you know, we've got a draft coming up. I think there could be some steals in the draft at quarterback, I think, um, someone's gonna be able to get, uh, Will Greer a little later, then I think he should be valued, he probably won't be one of the top one or two quarterbacks taken, but I think he'll be a steal for whoever he gets drafted by, um, the Dolphins could be in the running to get a guy like that, I don't know, i I've not been a Tannehill fan. I've been critical of him since he came in the league. Uh, he, you know, he's fine. He's, he's a fine average to below average quarterback, but that's not going to get you more than seven or eight wins in a season. Uh, you know, they got a playoff appearance out of him, which is fine and dandy, but uh, they just don't have the team. They don't. They just don't have the team around Tannehill to compete, and I don't foresee them becoming a juggernaut that they can just uh, tell Tannehill to manage the game, and they'll get him there. So I think it's time for a quarterback change in Miami. Uh, another thing in Miami that you kind of you kind of worry about is uh, Kenyon Drake was supposed to take over. And be the number one back this year. Frank Gore put up has put up seven hundred twenty two yards to date, a little uh four point six average. Kenyon Drake has not been able to uh instill himself as the number one go to back. He's had he's had decent numbers, about five hundred yards, four and a half yard average, five touchdowns. He's caught forty eight passes for a little over four hundred yards and five touchdowns. But I uh, I think come you would like to have seen him take more of a load off of Frank Gore's shoulders as he is an aging running back. You know, he still obviously gets the job done, but you want to see your younger guys step up and uh Kenyon Drake has not done that fully. Um you know, you look around the offense, you look for other weapons. You they've got a big question mark at wide receiver. You know, if you want your quarterback to be successful, you need to bring in uh, tools to make him successful and he, you know they have uh, Danny Amendola out there at wide receiver and uh, I like Amendola I don't know how what his future with the team may hold uh, I like some guys uh, you know they have Kenny Stills, uh Albert Wilson uh, I mean they're guys that they're all right they can make plays but you need to figure out what they're doing and they have need to have a plan going forward there because right now they're not really getting the job done. Uh so you've gotta you gotta improve there and also I think the biggest the biggest point of emphasis for the Dolphins besides quarterback would be the pass rush. You have uh Robert Quinn and Cameron Wake that have had six and a half and six sacks respectively. So not great numbers but those are your two leading pass rushers. And then after that, it falls off a cliff, and the next closest is at 2. So that's going to be something, probably a draft uh, day concern that they will address in the draft. Uh, You know, these teams, they have a lot of work to do going forward uh, to make it back to the postseason or get in the postseason. And uh, some of these roads will be shorter than others, but uh, they should... They they all have a path to the postseason in the future. And, uh, you know, they're just going to have to play better football. Plain and simple. Alright, guys. This has been another episode of Sports and Whatnot. I hope you enjoyed listening to me ramble on about these NFL teams. I hope you tune back in next time and listen to what i have to say about the sports universe and my thoughts on it uh you guys are the best thanks for listening